born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. We're moving right along, in case you didn't know that. We really, really are. Today we're going to talk about an interesting little subject, and that's on page five in your doctrinal statement book. And you'll notice they're on page five. The responsibility of believers. Responsibility comes from a couple words, you know, like responding according to your ability. And if you don't have quite that ability, you're supposed to increase your ability so you can respond correctly. Doesn't that make sense? Response ability. So God does want everyone to know what he requires of us. So this is why as we study the word of God, it's because the only way to grow strong in the Lord is to walk in the Lord. Walk with the Lord. Live with the Lord. And if you keep doing the things that God wants you to do, growing strong is going to be automatic. That will be the result of you doing all the things he says to do. You don't have to try to make a kid grow. You just got to feed him. <laughs> you feed him, he'll grow. And, uh, but then he has to learn how to use that body that they have, mentally, physically, socially. So here at number 11 on page 5, the responsibility of believers. We believe that all believers should seek to walk by the Holy Spirit, not bringing reproach upon their Lord and Savior, and that they shall refrain from all sinful practices as commanded by God. Now, there's a difference between the law and love. Law means you have to. Love means you want to. So we want people to love the Lord, and if you love the Lord then you'll love those that the Lord loves. And it's hard for people to love the Lord when they hate people. This is why it's so important for every child of God to realize the importance of doing that which God wants us to do so that we can learn how to love the way God wants us to. Remember, there is a difference that people don't seem to really grasp the, the truth that you can't make people spiritual. Uh, that's a result of the individual wanting God's will for their life. We can only try to challenge and motivate, exhort, and rebuke at times. But no one can make you walk with the Lord. No one can make you love Him. No one can make you treat somebody else kindly. We would hope that as they learn from the Word of God and grow in the Word of God, that that would be the results. 
So Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Look at these verses in your Bible there. Romans chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And there's been times when I have covered these verses, but look at them once again. Because they're verses that really penetrate. God says an awful lot of stuff. Goes up to chapter 8 in the book of Romans and talks about all the things that God's done for us. How that we were lost and had nothing of value in which God would, you know, save a man because of his works. He deserved it. But you take and uh, see that Christ made a payment for our sins and by faith alone we are born into God's family. Now we have eternal life. We're justified. And one day we're going to be glorified. Now, because of all of that being true, he says, I beseech you, in verse 1 of chapter 12, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So it's only something that God is asking of us that's reasonable. Now, remember this. If I was to reach into my wallet here, and I pulled out a... uh, a hundred dollar bill. I pull out a hundred dollar bill. So we would say, well, what's the value of that hundred dollar bill? It's worth a hundred dollar bill. It's worth a hundred dollars, right? It's worth a hundred dollars. Now, if I was with teenagers, of course not adults, but teenagers, and I asked them, I says, um, how many of y'all would want this hundred dollar bill? What would most kids say? They'd want it, right? Now, if I take that dollar bill and fold it up, spit on it, you know, just now, who would want this hundred dollar bill? They would still want this hundred dollar bill, wouldn't they? Well, what if I threw it on the floor and I stomped all over it? <sighs> now, who would want that hundred dollar bill? Because regardless of how much dirt is on it, regardless of how much you spit on it and stomped on it it still has the same value as a $100 bill. You are valuable in God's eyes. And all of your sin doesn't change your value. You say, you ought to see how bad I've been, and I've done all these wicked things, but in spite of everything you've ever done, God still sees the same value in you. So he still wants you, and he's willing to pay the price to get you. That's how valuable you are to the Lord. And some days you may not feel like I am very valuable. I'm not worth very much. But whatever price the Lord was willing to pay for you must be how much you're worth. And what was the value that he was willing to pay for me? His life. You were worth the life of Jesus Christ. So that means you must be very, very valuable. If he was willing to die and pay a ransom for you, you were worth his life in God's eyes. Now, you may not see yourself that way, but that's how God sees you. So he says, in view of what I did for you, he says, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Then he says in verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Because either you're going to submit your body as a living sacrifice to the Lord, or you're going to conform to the world. 
There's only two options. It's one way or the other. You're either going to obey the Lord or disobey the Lord. You're either going to be transformed into the image of Christ or you're going to be conformed to the world. The world is going to shape you and mold you and make you into like everybody else, just like the world. You'll think like the world. You'll see like the world. You'll act like the world. You'll talk like the world because you are of the world. Or you can yield yourself to the Lord and let God make you into what He wants you to be. Now, the Lord knows your value. The world doesn't know your value. The world does not know how much you're worth, does it? And therefore, it will walk on you and trample you and spit on you and do everything evil to you. Why? Because it has no value on you. You're worthless to the world. But with the Lord, He sees great value in you. Now, which one would you rather serve? Someone who places great value upon you and wants the best for you? Or would you want to take and be like the world? who has no respect for you, could care less for you. This is why Jesus made the statement. He says, should the servant expect better treatment than the master? How did they treat the master when he was here? They saw no value in him. We don't want him. He came unto his own and he was rejected. But who likes to be rejected? Nobody likes to be rejected. Everybody wants to be loved. But did they love him? No. They rejected him? Yeah. And yet all he wanted was the best for them. So anyway, this is what the Word of God is talking about. Look at the next little statement there, little paragraph. We believe that it is the obligation of every believer to witness by life and word to the truths of the Holy Scriptures and to seek to proclaim the gospel to all the world. The word gospel, G-O, go, spell, keep it simple. Spell it out where they can really understand it. So The gospel is important, and this is why we believe that Calvary Community Church is set for the defense of the gospel. We want to defend the gospel, and we want to send it out. And if you're looking at the bulletin this morning, isn't it nice to look in there, and you, I don't have mine in here with me, and you see the list of the missionaries that we now support? Don't you think that's good? Isn't that wonderful? Now, that means that wherever they are and the souls that they win is adding fruit to your account. So that when you get to heaven, not only does that missionary get rewarded for what he did, you get rewarded because you helped him. Because without the support, they can't do what they do. This is why missionary work is so important. Look at the next statement. We believe that it is the responsibility of all believers to remember the work of the Lord in prayer and are supported with the remains is the is the Lord has as the Lord has prospered them. So we're supposed to support individuals. First Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2. You need to see that verse because there's something there I wanted you to see also. Look in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians in chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And notice what he says here in uh, this verse. So page 1228. He says in verse 1, Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, what day would that be? Sunday. 
Let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. In other words, they would get their money and have it there. So when Paul came by, they were able to give that money so they could do the missionary work. So you don't have to do it when I get there. You've already got it done. But they're doing it on the first day of the week. And so this is what he says, and uh, this is what I believe is important. Now, look what else he says here. In verse 6, And it may be that I will abide, yea, and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go, so that you can send me on my journey. So Paul knew the reason he was able to go to these various places because they supported missionary work. And he says this in uh, verse 7, For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permits. So you don't always know if the Lord's going to open up the door or not. And he also made the statement, you know, I want to come by and visit with you. He said the same thing about in Romans in chapter 1. Sometimes we want to say, you know, I'd love to go to, and, and visit with y'all this fall if the Lord permits, if the Lord wills. Because sometimes we don't know how the Lord's going to work. We don't know if he's going to close a door, open up a door. We don't know how Satan is going to end. And the Bible says that Paul made the statement that Satan hindered me. Satan hindered me. In other words, kept me from doing what I wanted to get done. So if they, if they went after Paul, do you think the devil's going to come after you? And hinder you so that you can always do what you want and get what you want, be what you want, give what you want. There's a war going on. It's that you can't see the other elements that's going on behind the scenes. We can't see the devil and we can't see all of his little demons. But the devil, sometimes you'll be surprised, the devil uses people too. Is it possible that the devil can use Christians You'd be surprised how most of your discouragement at time will come because somebody, some Christian, will say the wrong thing to you. You'll probably have most of your irritations from believers than lost people. Tell me I'm wrong. Because <laughs> you know I'm not. But it's the truth. Look what he says in verse 9. For a great door, an effectual, is open unto me. And there are many what? Adversaries. Great opportunity, great adversaries. And it's not just one, it's going to be many adversaries, as he says here. So, do we have an opportunity with the radio ministry? Yeah, it's a great open door. But we have great adversaries, many of them, that hinder, I believe, people from giving like they should. And uh, make it a little bit more easier upon those that have to get the job done. What about the internet ministry? 137 countries last year. During this year. We were on in 137. That's where people have watched our videos. Our videos that we preach right here. Put them up there. 137 countries. Now how long would it take me to fly to all these countries? How much money would it cost? And here we pay one person to do all that work. And we go to 137 countries. Now is that a good missionary work? Do you think it's always going to be easy? So the devil fights all the time. And so this is why Christians who may want to give are also having somebody whisper in their ear, they don't need yours this month. If you don't do it, somebody else will. They're not going to go off the air. He's just trying to scare you. I had a TV broadcast for eight years. I went off because Christians stopped supporting it. 
I was on live on a radio broadcast on WNGC, 100,000 watt. The one station we are on right here is 25. We were on a 100,000 watt station for about 15 years. And little by little, people just got back to days ago. Yeah, if I don't do it, somebody else will. Well, nobody else did. And I will not go into debt, and I will not borrow money. We closed it down. Had to. It was a great open door. But sometimes, you know, the doors close. And sometimes people close the doors. And that's a shame. But what I want you to see is, upon the first day of the week, God says this is what they did. Now look back here in your notes. Number 12, the ordinances of the church. We believe that the Lord Jesus Christ instituted the ordinance of baptism and the Lord's Supper to be observed by all believers until His return. Now, we get this from the Scriptures, and we believe that once you trust Christ as your Savior, as a child of God, the Lord's table, where we have communion, and we do it here once a month, usually the first day, or first Sunday in the month, and it's done because God tells us to. It is a divine command. And it's for children of God to examine themselves. Remembering Christ died for my sins. I'm to look forward to His coming again. And the Bible says, is a purifying hope. So if you're expecting the Lord to come today, and you're doing something that you know is not right, you should have a tendency to want to correct the problem. Because if you don't take the Lord's Supper, you're disobedient. And if you do take the Lord's Supper, but without examining your life and correcting things, God may have to chasten you and judge you. And if you don't judge yourself, God says you will not be condemned with the world, but God may have to chasten you. Is it an important thing? It's very important. Should you take it seriously? Anything God says in His Word should be taken seriously. And then water baptism is another ordinance that we do. But water baptism is not for salvation. It doesn't save you. It doesn't wash the dirt off your neck if you don't use soap with it. And so water does not save anyone. It's a picture of something. So when you stand in the water, it's like a picture of Christ on the cross. And so when you go under, here you are standing up, here's the water. You go under the water, a picture of your burial. Coming up out of the water is a picture of your resurrection. So when you believe that Christ died on that cross, that he was buried to pay for your sins, he died and paid for your sins on the cross, and he was buried and rose again from the dead, means he's now alive. So when you believe that, water baptism is a picture of that. I've done many weddings. And uh, after the weddings all over, I used to say, you may now seal your vows with the ring. And they would give a ring, and they put it on. And now, with this ring, I thee wed, and so on. Now, the ring doesn't marry anybody. It's just a sign that, you know, when you walk, that you are married. Generally, people look at that and say, you're married. And um, so you have your ring, and it should, but it didn't marry you. It's just a symbol of the emblem of the tie that binds. It means there's no beginning, no ending. Never supposed to be an ending to this wonderful, wonderful thing. And so um, that's what it's a picture of. Made of gold, generally, because it's supposed to be the least tarnished and most enduring and blah, blah, blah. You've heard all the weddings and watched preachers go through the little ceremony. But um, baptism is a picture of what you believe. So is it a command of God that we be baptized? 
In the book of uh, Matthew, chapter 28, when he says, Go into all the world and baptize every believer. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So are we supposed to do that? Yes. So we baptize anybody who wants to be baptized, but we don't force them. But when a person is baptized, that means they're placed under the water. It's a picture of their burial. When they come up out of the water, it's a picture of their resurrection. It means to walk in newness of life. So now, as a child of God, God wants every one of us to walk in newness of life. Walk like you've been given eternal life. Live like you have a, a new nature. And the old one was buried. Remember whenever you believed that he did it for you? And when you're baptized, I recognize my first birth died. And that's why when I came back, I had a new birth. It's a picture of your death of the old one and birth of the new one. So we leave this one there and we become a child of God by the new birth. But not water doesn't do this for you. It's only a picture of your new birth. So when you believe that, you're supposed to be baptized in water. Now look at the next thing, number 13, the reality of Satan. I had people tell me, say, well, I believe in heaven and I believe in the Lord, but I don't believe in the devil. Well, I asked this one man, I says, do you believe in the devil? He says, I sure do. I says, why? He says, I married her sister. I married her sister. So you may uh, believe that you uh, believe in God and heaven, and there's some people that I don't believe in hell and the devil. Well, Jesus spoke more on hell and the devil than he did on heaven. So you can't believe one without the other. You don't need someone to down the cross and keep you from going to a place that doesn't exist. Jesus says the devil is real. And the Bible makes a statement about the devil to Christians, to believers. Uh, take your Bible and look over there in the book of First Peter. I think you need to see this verse. And chapter 5, First Peter chapter 5. When he says about being humble, that means dependent upon the Lord. God wants every one of his children to be dependent upon him. So that's why sometimes he doesn't give you everything you need in this world. Because he doesn't want you depending upon that. He wants you to depend upon him. And sometimes whenever he takes away something, you'd be surprised how loud we'll go hollering and screaming to the Lord. <laughs> Lord, I need. That's what God wants. God wants you to come to him. And that's why he talks about our daily bread that he supplies and takes care of us day by day. Are you worried about what's going to happen next year or the year after that? It's better just to take one day at a time. God says in his word, Matthew chapter 6, he gives us the grace we need each day to bear the burdens of that day. Now, when tomorrow comes, he'll give you all the grace that you need for that day. And then the next day, he'll give you what you need for that day. But what we do is we reach into the future and drag those problems into the present and worry about them here. And he didn't give you enough. And that's enough to break you down. He gave you enough to trust for today. Tomorrow, trust him tomorrow. Trust him each day. Now, it doesn't mean you become lax today. Do what you can today even in preparation for the things that you've got to face down the road and so forth. But you do it because you're trusting the Lord today. And that gives you peace today, peace of mind today. 
too much borrowing or trying to go into the next day carrying all that load from the past <laughs> that you can't do anything about is going to destroy you. It's like having a, a one-ton pickup and you're carrying a five-ton load. Now, what's it going to do to that one-ton pickup? It's carrying more than it was designed for. That's why the Lord says, cast all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. Now, there's some things that you can do, and there's some things you can't do. There's some things that have already happened you can't change. Let it go. If you don't, you'll live for the rest of your life either in guilt or something that just plagues your mind and robs you of the joy that you're supposed to have today because you're worried about tomorrow and never can enjoy the moment. So, well, I'll be happy one of these days. <laughs> Why can't you be happy today? Be joyful today. Why? This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will, I will be miserable and... <laughs> I don't think that's the way it goes. I will rejoice and be glad in it. So whatever this day brings forth, I will rejoice and be glad in this day. Because whatever the day brings, you know that God is still with you and God is walking with you. And what would you rather have? If you had a million dollars or the Lord's presence? Don't answer too quick, Lynn. Which would you rather have? Then I'd take the million dollars. <laughs> if you can't lose the Lord, you can't lose that. You can lose everything else anyway. So if I had to lose everything but the Lord, well, that's the way it is. So what have I got to be down and out about? Now, there's times when you're, you have grief and sorrow. But man, God never designed it for us to stay there. There's times when you're going to have some bad steps in life and somebody's going to throw you a curve and, and you're not going to have a smiley face on all the time. But I don't believe God means for you to walk around with a smiley face all the time or a frown all the time. Learn to walk with the Lord, and God will bless you for doing so. But look here in verse 7. Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. Well, of course everybody's going to do that, right? No, because the devil is walking about seeking whom he may devour. How does he devour you? Getting you to bear all of your burdens. Getting you. I can handle this. I can do this. And then when you can't, you don't go to the Lord. You fall apart. You have a nervous breakdown. I'm not convinced nerves break down. I just think it's because of sin. In most cases, I think it's sin. People do not cast their cares upon the Lord. And they don't forget those things they're supposed to forget. And they worry about things they can't do anything about. If you just learn to think the way God says to think. Look what he says. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And he devours you by eating up your life, eating up your time, causing you such worry and all those things that just destroys a Christian's testimony. And taking, eats away your joy and your peace of mind. But remember, the devil can't do it unless you let him. He can't do it to you unless you let He has to get permission. You're giving him permission to destroy your life. And I don't believe that's the way God wants it done. So is that important? Yes, it's important to realize. So do we believe in the reality of the devil? God says he's alive. And verse 90 says, whom, whom, 
resist. Why should I resist someone that don't exist? Well, he does exist. Get this. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Why do you think you need to come to church and read and study the Bible? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of, of God. So when you're here this morning, have you already heard something from the word of God? When you come on Sunday night or Wednesday night, do you learn something from the word of God? So every time you learn from the Word of God, your faith is getting stronger. And the stronger you are in your faith, the less the devil can get at you. Have you ever heard preachers tell you that you must turn from sins to be saved and go to heaven? Does that mean you must turn from only the big sins or all sins before God will save you? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound and we will be changed. Caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me.